over Ephesians chapter 4, as I I told you earlier, Paul talks about the topic of living as children of light. Now, we all know what light is. But I want you to think of light as similar to that of the sun. When you think of light, when you hear me say the term light, think of the sun. I'm talking about the sun of our solar system, the sun that gives light to our planet. Right now, the sun is not giving light to this particular region where we stay and where we live. It's blocked. According to scientists, it's blocked by, I think it's the earth, because of the rotation of the earth right now where we happen to be situated in relation to the sun. Well, as Christians, we need to learn how to live as children of the light. That is, we need to learn how to live in a way that our lives demonstrate and show to those around us that That's who we are. We are Christians. That is, believers in Jesus Christ. Believers, not only believers in Jesus Christ, but those who belong to Jesus Christ. The members of his body, what the Bible describes as his body. We're members of his body, which is called oftentimes the church, but really in my opinion, is assembly of those individuals that were given to Jesus by God. Remember, Jesus said that no one can come unto him except for those who have been sent by God the Father. You cannot go to Jesus without first being sent. You will not go to Jesus without first being sent. I'm convinced of. And so when you do go to Jesus... You can't really brag and boast about, well, I went to Jesus, and so that means I'm better than you are, or smarter than you are, or I know more than you do, and so forth. That's what I believe. And I believe that's what the scriptures bear out, and that's what the Bible teaches. But that's a whole different subject. But the point is, is that once you do go to Jesus, it doesn't stop there. The life for a Christian doesn't stop there. It continues. And... It continues from day to day as we wait for the return of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So, over in Ephesians chapter 4, where Paul says, So I tell you this and assist on it, verse 17, in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do. That means, listen, we must realize and understand that we are in this world and as we are because we are in this world and as we wait for the return of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ we don't want to we need to be careful how we live our lives one thing is clear according to this sentence right here we don't want to live our lives like the world that's who the Gentiles when I'm talking about the Gentiles Now we need to sort of make it 
modern. We need to modernize that term. Make it relevant. Talking about the world. You know how the world lives. We get lessons on how the world lives every day. You get lessons on how the world lives every day. Every time you leave this home, you go, we send you to a school, which is called a public school. That public school is not Christian. I hope you've realized, I hope you've discovered that by now. I hope you see that it is not Christian. Matter of fact, you probably have discovered that they don't have anything to do with Christ. Well, rightly so. They don't take their marching orders from God. Not least the God of this Bible, the God of Jesus Christ. They don't take their marching orders from him. And so, now, you have to learn how to live in that kind of environment. You're going to have to learn how to say no to the things that they say yes to. And you're going to have to learn how to say yes to the things they say no to. You're going to have to learn how to live a life that oftentimes, I don't know, well, if you're like me, it could be lonely. It could be frustrating because they don't go by the same rules as we do. I realize now, especially as a Christian, I'm going to have to learn how to live with people who, what Paul talks about here, they are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. They're these people, the world. Their hearts are impure. They're not pure. They're not filled with the light. Sort of like right now. It's dark outside. Well, in a real sense, their hearts are like that too. Now don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that they are um, without hope because they God, listen, God can change the heart. And as a matter of fact, it is God who changes the heart. We who are Christians, we are only Christians because God has changed our hearts. But it, it has to be by God. Only God can change the sinful nature to a nature that is uh, pure. The word pure, when I'm talking about pure, I'm talking about a, a, a heart that is hungry for a heart that is capable and wants to live a moral life. That is a life that is righteous according to the standards of God, according to the standards which is set forth in this word. That's the only way they're going to be able to do that. And so, don't you know, of course, you're probably not shocked by it right now because, you know, you're still at a young, you're still young. I'm not saying all of you, because, I mean, I, was, I, I, I sensed this when I was younger than you guys. But if you haven't yet sensed it yet, 
um, you become repulsed by it. There are things now that that really repulse me. I mean, really repulse me. And but I have to be careful because there's still things I'm learning. There's still things that I'm still God is working with me on that, um, you know, I'm definitely not proud of. And I'm always asking God to forgive me. I'm asking God for, re- to, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm repenting all the time for things that God is showing me. I mean, my heart right now is sort of like a like a mansion. And in a mansion, you have many, many rooms with many doors. And I feel like it's Jesus taking me by the hand every day. And we're going and we, we are discovering things in this mansion. And, you know, there are doors that, there are rooms in the mansion of my heart, which Jesus takes me to, and I, I, I never opened that door. And then I opened the door, he's like, Dennis, open that door right there. I'm like, you know, sometimes I'm like, Lord, I really don't want to today. Okay, well, fine. We won't do it today. But we're gonna, eventually going to have to go into this door. Because I want you to see something you're going to be shocked by, and you need to deal with it. Okay, Lord. And then, finally, I gained enough courage, and I opened that door. And there inside of my, that room is all the things that I never even knew about and thought about. And hope, or even, you know, just didn't realize that was in me, in that room. And I'm like, oh my goodness. It's sort of like walking into a room and everything is just turned upside down. And it's, it stinks. There's things in there that, are, that stink so bad that it can only be described as death itself. The kind of death that only a dirty, rotten corpse, the kind of stench that only a dirty, rotten corpse can put off. I'm talking about a kind of, that kind of, that kind of, that kind of um, impurity. Those kind of things that are just that immoral, that even I become repulsed at. And I'm like, you know, I can't do nothing but just instantly drop to my knees and, Lord God, please forgive me. I'm so sorry. So I'm sharing this with you because I want to, I'm hoping that I can encourage you that in your young life and in your walk with Christ, you're going to have to learn how to deal with these things that are going on in your heart first. And that's what Paul is talking about here. Really, he's trying to encourage us. He's trying to say, you know, yeah, you know what? Listen, they have their problems, the world. They have their problems. And because they have their problems, you need to be careful you don't want to live your life like them. And that is, they run away from God. Remember how Adam and Eve, when they first sinned, what did they do? They ran away from God. They didn't run to God, they ran away from God. It was God that had to go and had to say, what? Come back. All right, you've gotten too far. I remember when some of you, when you were little kids, you used to do that all the time. You know, we're walking together and all of a sudden, I look around, you're gone, you disappeared. And... And um, you guys have run, ran off somewhere, and you, you were hiding. 
Or you got into something that you know you were not supposed to get into. And so I have to go find you and I have to bring you back. There's been times where it was really scary. But then, you know, after a while, I was like, you know what? I had to realize, you know, God bless, don't get me wrong. I love you. But I realized one thing. If you run away and you don't want to have anything to do with my instructions or anything to do with what I would have for you to do, and especially once you become adults, I have no control over you. And, you know, it's scary sometimes because sometimes... There have been times where you guys have left and I thought you were really lost and I would never find you. And that really broke my heart. And it would break my heart if that happens too, especially when you become adults. It would break my heart. But I'm learning that, you know what? Lord God, not my will be done, but your will be done in this earth as it is in heaven. These are your children. My wife even. This This is your wife. This is, I mean, not your wife, but this is your daughter. She's my wife, but she's ultimately your daughter, and I can't make I can only I can't make her do certain things. I can't make you become Christians either. I want you to be Christians, but I can't make you become Christians. Only God can. So, but because I'm a Christian, I'm, I'm trying to encourage you because I want you to become Christians because because I, I believe that this is the best way of living. But the one word I want to leave with you is the word called purity. Really what Paul is saying here, he wants us to live a life of purity. Now, I know that's a word that we don't talk a lot about in our society. Because, you know, everybody's off on their own. And they have their own ideals on what is right and wrong. A lot of the things that uh, deal with purity, the world just doesn't want to have anything to do with. Because, it's, it's you know, for them, it's not fun. For them... It's, you know, it's not, it's, not, it's not fun being a virgin. It's not fun um, saying encouraging things to one another, things that would edify, reaching out to the weak, the weaker, those individuals who are, need help. It's not fun helping people who can't help themselves. It's not fun. It's hard. It's hard work. It's difficult. I mean, and even a lot of times as a father, I realize, you know what? It's not easy raising children. And, you know, there are times where I'm like, Lord God, I, I can't do this anymore. I, I can't. This is too hard. I didn't expect this. It's, well, you got it. And now you got to deal with it. And so I have to even more. A lot of times, those are the times where, especially before I start pointing my finger at them, I have to point my finger. I always end up pointing my finger right back at myself. Purity. Living a life that is moral. Living a life that um, demonstrates that you are not your own but that you belong to God. That's what I'm talking about. Purity. So, when you are even just thinking about things that truly belong, say for example, and I always use this example because I think this is where you guys are at, being especially um, teenagers. 
I know, I know how it is. I used to be a teenager. I remember growing up, and I'm, I'm, I'm almost done. I remember growing up and feeling the pressure to do what others, my friends, were doing. And that was uh, drinking, alcohol, underage. They were tempting me with that. Tempting me with, because they were doing it at that time. I had friends who were underage and they were drinking. Having uh, sex, smoking drugs, and so forth. These were people of the world. Again, they were, they were at my school. They were doing it in the school. And I was, at one time, I was a part of Catholic school. And they were doing things too, even in the Catholic school, which was supposed to be Christian. So, they're out there. You're going to be, you are going to be tempted to do the same thing. You're going to feel the pressure to do these things. I, w- I want to urge you not to. I want you to urge, I want to urge you to, I want to urge you. When you are tempted to do these things, say no. God will give you a way out. He always gives us a way out. Run up. Go and tell someone. Talk with someone. I want to, right now, I want you to, I want to encourage you to pick your friends. Don't let your friends pick you. Find some adults who you can trust that you can share these things with when you are being tempted and you can share them with them and they will give you good advice and say, well, yeah, you know, you can, you can, you can overcome this. And if you so happen to stumble and you happen to fall into these temptations, repent. Ask God for forgiveness and trust that he will forgive you. And not only will he forgive you, but he will give you the strength to overcome. Amen? That's what I want, I want to leave with you. Know that God is there for you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. And that when you are tempted and when you do fall into these temptations, as teenagers, as adults, repent, confess your sins, and trust that God will give you what you need in order to see another day, hopefully. And find victory in these sins. Some of the sins that I've talked about. Amen? Mm-hmm. Now we have bow and eyes closed. Let's pray. Lord God, give us the strength and ability to live our lives in a way that our, under, our understanding of who you are our knowledge of who you are shows that you have changed our understanding. You have changed our knowledge of you. You have made us sensitive to the things that are going on around us, the immorality wickedness, the evil deeds that are neighbors. These are our neighbors we're talking about or involved in. But we don't have to do what they do. We can walk away because you will give us the strength to do that. You always will give us a way out. And so I pray, Father, that we remember this. And when we fall into the temptation 
of sinning against you. When we start doing these things, the, same, the very things that our neighbors are doing, our neighbors who don't want to have anything to do with Christ, that we would repent, sincerely repent, sincerely confess our sins before you, ask for forgiveness, and trust that you will forgive us. And not only that you will, not only will you forgive us, but you will deliver us from the consequences of our sins. And ultimately save us from eternal punishment and judgment. So we thank you, Father, for this. In Jesus' name, amen.